Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman, here with Joel Kanaku, and he is a minor league strength coach with the Cincinnati Reds organization and professional baseball. Joel has got an extensive background uh, and excited to talk to him about uh, what being a strength coach is like, uh, not only just what goes into it day to day, but also within a professional baseball organization. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes and I got to make sure that we, we clear this up at the front. Joel is a strength coach, not a strength trainer. Uh, there's a big difference, and Joel's probably laughing right now, but uh, you know, ultimately uh, what a strength coach is uh, and how you get there. Joel, welcome to the podcast. Jake, thank you for having me, and you know, I'm really glad to be here. So I know I mentioned the strength coach aspect of things. Um, what goes into being a strength coach and, and how did you get there? I mean, our former player, former coach, like how, what, what goes into that? Yeah, you know, um, I think it, it starts with, you know, you just finding a passion for what you want to do. Um, early on in my, in my college, you know, uh, education, I wanted to be a physical therapist. And I had an opportunity to be a, a physical therapy aide in an office. And I realized that that was not the, the setting for me. Um, I wanted to have an impact with the athlete before they would get to that point of seeing the physical therapist. Uh, and so, you know, being an exercise science major, I started learning about uh, strength and conditioning through one of our professors who had come in. Uh, Dr. Hugh Lamont, and he started telling us about, you know, how strength coaches play a vital role in preparing the athlete, you know, for the rigors of sport. And that started to excite me and, and got me really interested in that field. And from there, you know, I went on quite an extensive journey of going through an internship with uh, Cal Lutheran and, and working with one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Holmberg. And then from there, getting a, a master's degree from East Tennessee State University in uh, sports science and coaching education. And then, you know, I still felt I needed a little bit more to be able to continue to provide the necessary, you know, services that my athletes needed. So I ended up getting another master's from uh, Satanta College in Ireland in uh, performance technology. So that's that's what it takes. You know, you have to uh you know put yourself out there and and gain really good mentors who are willing to teach you and and help you understand the complex you know environment of programming and periodization and uh planning for the long term to allow the athlete to be able to you know be successful when they need to be successful and and i want to point out you know you went and got a lot of education around this field and it's not just you know a lot of coaches were maybe former players they coach for a while and and that's on the player side of things right and and from the strength side you you know you mentioned periodization uh programming there's a lot of a lot of educational aspects of things that go into ultimately what being a strength coach um, is in order to make these athletes perform at their highest uh, abilities and the highest level. And when you mentioned the educational side of things, you know, you went across the pond, as they say, right, to some extent. Um, you know, yeah. what was that international experience like in terms of learning how others go about it uh, outside the U.S.? 
Yeah, you know, I think um, when you when you start to open yourself up to, you know, go and gain experience from different cultures, different environments, it, it comes down to the same message over and over again, no matter where you are. And it's being a coach that cares. I think that's something that is always neglected whenever we talk about, you know, uh, our jobs as coaches. We have to be people who care about, you know, the health and well-being and also the development of the athlete, you know, mentally and emotionally. And um, I, I will always remember when I made it out to, to Satanta for the first time and, you know, um, Liam Hennessy, who's the director of the program, you know, told us about a quote that he loves to say, which is, I can't coach you because I don't know you. And I think that's a message that is continuing being spread now, you know, throughout the strength and conditioning world is developing relationships and, and creating buy-in. But that, that comes from us giving ourselves the time needed to be able to learn about our athletes. And I think that was one of the most, you know, interesting things was we, we tend to try and make this notion that, you know, there's such a big difference on strength and conditioning, no matter where we go, if it's the U.S. or in Australia and the U.K., but, you know, as I, as I started to develop relationships with my, you know, instructors and other coaches in the UK, it, we all still have the same message, which is, you know, to care about the health and well-being of the athlete and do things that are in the best interest of the athlete to get better. And each and every individual athlete is so different, right? One's yeah. tall and lanky, uh, you know, baseball, they come in all different shapes and sizes, right? So, absolutely. Uh, you know, how you train uh, and how you coach Jose Altuve, much different than Aaron Judge, right? And, and just the sheer uh, difference in programming and training needed for their abilities to flourish, uh, totally different. Talk a little bit about how you go about learning about each, you know, athlete and their needs and, and the way you go about programming for each one. Yeah, you know, I think uh, it, it's such a great question. And, you know, I, I was I was very lucky where I've had really, really good mentors um, in my in my career and in my life that has showed me the value of conversation. Um, I think that's one of the things that I found as a positive from from, you know, this pandemic we're in is I get to spend a lot more time um, on the phone, on Zoom calls with my athletes and, and really getting to know who they are and, and, and developing that, that communication line to be able to have them express, you know, what they feel about my training philosophy with them, uh, how they feel that training is going uh, throughout our time together. Um, and then I, I get to learn more about, you know, them as an individual, you know, I get to, I get to ask about their families and, and, uh, and develop that, that understanding of who are they outside of being a baseball player. And that was, that was always one of the, you know, joys about being a coach. Uh, if, even when I, I started at Cal Lutheran was just the, the opportunity to be able to listen to stories. Um, I come, I come from world, you know, I was born and raised in Ghana and in Ghana, you know, we love, we love the, the uh, storytelling aspect of our culture. We pass down our, our, our history of our ancestors through, through stories. 
And so I've always, I've always been someone who's just been really, really intrigued in learning everybody's story because we can pick up really, really good lessons from there. And, and from that, even be better, you know, as, as we grow. And I give credit to all my, all my athletes who have, they're willing to share their story and, and help me grow as a coach because of their openness. And so, um, yeah, with the Reds, it's still the same thing, you know, where I love spending time just calling my guys up and asking them how they're doing, how their family is doing, you know, what exciting things that they have going on in their, in their lives and, and how can I help them be, be better, you know, just be a better baseball player, a, a better human being. And, and then I let them know also when they have helped me become a better person um, because it's a two-way street. It's not me just giving instructions for them to do. It's, it's us developing that, that relationship and that connection of, hey, we're both in this together to get better uh, on both sides. And I love how you talk about just getting better. And, and obviously, from a strength perspective, there's the physical component, the mobility component, the flexibility. But talk a little bit about the mental component and what goes into the mental side of, you know, uh, strength training and, and, and ultimately um, utilizing the things that you learn, you know, through, through working out and, and, and the strength side of things of getting better uh, within understanding yourself better as a player, right? Like if you know your strengths from a workout perspective and what you need to work on, there's a lot of things on the, on the field, you can practice a little bit differently knowing kind of where you uh, suit best, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think uh, th there's one of the great parts of, of training um, and, and the, Part I get to play in that process is, you know, the variation of, you know, variation of load, variation of, of um, other factors that allows for, you know, that uh, resilience, res resiliency that an athlete needs. Um, you know, I, I, I recently took some of my guys through uh, a strength endurance phase. And if anybody has ever gone through a strength endurance phase, uh, I call it the, the meat and potatoes of our training block. Um, it is a grueling, grueling four to five weeks of, you know, you hitting five by fives, four by eight, four, uh, four by tens. And at some point throughout that process of going through that training block, um, there is that, there is that, you know, resiliency you need to have to fight through the fatigue and the soreness that you go through. Um, and so, you know, through training, we're able to, when, when we do training properly, when we paradise training and, 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 you know, give the right stimulus when it's needed for the body to grow, but for the mind to also be resilient, uh, we're able to create a better athlete. And, you know, that's, that's how we go about it is really just varying loads, varying, you know, um, during the time, de depending on which time of the year. Uh, what the training stimulus is for the athlete so that not only does their body grow, but their, their mind also becomes resilient to handling the stress. And, you know, Jake, I mean, you know better than anybody else playing baseball yourself. Um, it, it, it's a mental game. You know, being an athlete is about, you know, winning the battle that happens within your head. 
And so if we can, if we can create environments where they can learn to fight through some of these, uh, you know, adversity and, and some of this, you know, issues that might come up along the season, uh, then, then we're able to create an athlete that's ready to compete. Um, and it's, it's not an easy process. And, uh, when you finally get the chance to actually show what you need to be able to show, it's only for a short period of time. So it's, you, you also learn uh, the value of delayed gratification. You spend a lot more time training to be able to then show off what you got for a very little bit of time. Uh, and that's where, that's where we get to, you know, really play an important role in the resiliency and, and the ability to fight mentally. I don't think you could have said that any better. I mean, gosh, the, the battle in between the two ears is way harder than hitting a 90 mile an hour fastball or, or, you know, throwing the three, two in the bottom of the ninth. Like it, it's all a mental game and that's, that's with anything. Right. And I yeah. think you mentioned a, an important point where you said, if there's a way in which they can replicate that, you know, that, that training, that process, right. The, the learnings uh, that they get better from without having to, you know, pl go play another 20 games, right. If there's a way you can supplement that while conserving the energy, conserving the body a little bit and still being able to per perform at a peak level, uh, certainly important, but things are changing, obviously vastly uh, fast, rapidly, you know, each day is different. Talk a little bit about the changes you've had to make as, you know, you're training, um, you know, and coaching guys virtually. And, and look, there's within the strength world, there's a lot of technique that is extremely important to making sure that you don't get hurt. You're doing things correctly. You're maximizing your ability to perform, right? All that sort of stuff yeah. to where virtually that's got to be tough. Yeah. You know, I think uh, it's, it's been such a, great experience um just because the, the reds have been so great in just providing us with everything that we need you know um we have zoom um that we we utilize a lot um and i mean i i can't i can't even begin to express how how you know important it has been to have some of these you know mediums such as whatsapp and instagram and uh just even text messaging, you know, because uh, we're able to then have constant feedback with our players and, and be able to, you know, get videos and, and, and be able to see what they're doing. And then, you know, like for me, I'll get on a Zoom call with some of my players and, and say, hey, you know, here's what I see. Here's how we can get it fixed. And then, you know, they go into the weight room, they attack it, and then they get back those, those videos to me. And then we just keep hammering away. And so it's been it's been really really cool to to have that um, to have you know phones and phones really and all these types of other mediums of, of communicating to be able to just have us be get you know footage of what they're doing and then bring it back later and say okay you know here's here's where we've made progress this week here's how we're getting better uh, but also you know it's it's helped create um, I, I talk to some of my athletes all the time about this this ability for us to be able to record and, and see what they're doing and track that and fix it has started to create this, you know, video journal of, of their process. Um, I think that's one thing we can all take away from this is um, 
sometimes when, when we when we go through this process, we lose sight of how much we've been able to accomplish because we've been taught to just, you know, just zoom past everything. You know, guys that just always wanted to get to the next thing. But having the opportunity now to to video, you know, their their reps, for them to be able to see how much progress they're making, uh, it's it's very, very rewarding for a lot of these guys. You know, I had a player who came in and um, we started off with a squat where his squat was not bad. Um, and, you know, we started fixing a couple of things. He got really, really good. Um, and then recently he sent me a video and, you know, I told him, I said, hey, man, like you, you're looking stronger. You know, you put on quite a bit of muscle now. You're looking really, really good. And he says, really? I, I you know, and I, I, so I, sense with it, I sent him a video of week one when he started training with us, you know, and he saw this video of him trying to do a squat and where he is now. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I, can't, I couldn't watch the video from week one. It's crazy to see how, how much better I've gotten now. Um, and so, yeah, you know, having Zoom and um, being able to talk with our guys through, you know, WhatsApp. I, you know, I have a lot of Latin guys that I, I message through WhatsApp and, um, you know, Instagram, you know, having us be able to share their videos with them and, and, and talk them through those, you know, those fine, finer points of their, of their lifting has, has really helped a lot. Oh, that's that's a great point. I mean, even just as professionals, right? We all are are caught up in the day to day, and you know, it's really hard sometimes to pick up your head six months later or a year later. And you know, yes, you've accomplished a lot, hopefully, right? But it's really hard to put yourself back in the spot in which you were, you know, six months or a year ago, and try and think about what you were like or what your perspectives were like or whatever it might be, right? But in this case, I mean, you got like that's tangible, tangible results. Right. And that's really cool yeah. to be able to see and, and help them notice, um, you know, from a train, uh, you know, coaching perspective and a training perspective on the athlete side, you know, it had to have been a little bit different, uh, in that, you know, they're always training for something, right. There's always, you know, yeah. you've got your, you, you mentioned the timing of the seasons, right. That's obviously changed. You know, you, you have kind of the uncertainty of when is the season going to start next year and, and all that sort of stuff. So, how have you adapted and, and the players adapted to, you know, kind of the uncertainty of schedule, but still trying to stay to a routine and, and make sure that you're all working towards a goal of, of some sort? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I, I think we, we as an organization and, and you know, with, with the leadership of, of our, you know, coordinator of strength and conditioning, we, we always – tell our players to train with intent um that's that's a big thing for us is understanding how to you know just give everything you have within within a movement within a session um and so one of the things you know i've always told my athletes even from my time in cal lutheran was carpe diem seize the day um and for us to be able to do that you know, it comes back again to where we started with this conversation um, about, you know, what did I learn across the pond? And uh, we, we've spent a lot of quality time, you know, talking with our guys and, and being able to explain where we are within the process. Um, and when you start doing that and you start letting them know, 
you know, the, the example I always give them is, um, you know, of Greek mythology, right? You know, we have, we have a, a guy who had, who had to carry a little calf, um, as the calf grew, he grew as well, my little Croton. And, and I always, I always tell our guys, you know, this, this is where we are in our process right now. We're a little Milo with this little calf, but no matter what happens, we need to get to the point where when they say, Hey, we're going to play baseball today, we can start looking like big Milo with a, with a bull on our back. And so, you know, what, what we use this time for is, and, and the way we've been able to accomplish it is just having conversations, you know, just speaking with guys and, and, and having them understand why are we training, you know, and then from there, making sure that every time we're watching every, every video they send us, are we training with intent? Are we moving the bar with intent, knowing that no matter what will happen, this, this moment of us being able to train with intent will end up leading to us being able to compete whenever we get back on the field. Well, I love the storytelling aspect of that. And, and I know that you're coaching with intent, that's for sure. Um, you know, as we wrap up the episode, I got to ask, you know, from the storytelling perspective, uh, what is something that our listeners wouldn't know about Ghana that you, that you can give us a secret on? Oh, man. Um, like, yeah, no, that's like it. Food, best. I mean, what, what, what do you got? Um, you know, I think, I think anybody who has ever been to Ghana will tell you of, um, how genuine the people are. Um, we're very hospitable. Um, we care about everybody who comes through our doors uh, to see our, our country. Um, and we, we love to be in the moment. Uh, I think sometimes here in the States, we're always just trying to, you know, chase the next goal, the next objective. And we lose sight of, of just the journey that we've taken and just being present. And, and so, you know, if there's, if there's anybody who ever wants to get a glimpse of what it's like to, to be in the present, enjoy really, really good food. Uh, we have, you know, great cuisine out there. Um, I always tell people of the first time I came and I told people of one of my favorite meals back home, which is uh, um, made out of yuca, cassava. It's pounded yuca with um, peanut butter soup. Um, and people, oh, every time people hear peanut butter soup, they're like, oh my gosh, can that be real? Can it taste, you know, better than we think it is? And every time I expose them to it, you know, they, they love it a lot. And so, um, yeah, but, you know, we have great food. We have, we have great music. Um, you can go out and always have a, a great time out there. Um, and there's no question about it that, you will, you will meet some of the nicest people you'll ever meet in the world. Um, and, and if you stay in the present, you're going to really enjoy your time uh, and, your, and your experiences out there. Joel, that's great. I got to say, the, uh, I, I always thought it was yucca, but now it's yucca. So yucca fries. Yeah. The yucca root fries are fantastic. Yes, they are. I mean, incredible. Yes, they are. Like they blow yes, they are. potatoes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and every time, I remember when I went to a Peruvian restaurant um, with a friend of mine, and she told me, she said, you have to get the yucca fries. And uh, I, I 
I had it for the first time. I, I never had it as a fry. I always just had it pounded right. and, uh, or mashed. And uh, I, I completely agree with you there, Jake. It's, it's one of the best things you can have. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's something that you look at and you're like, man, I, I've never even heard of this before. I got to try it. And then you try it and you're hooked. And then you can't figure out where to find it anywhere to make it again. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. It's, uh, absolutely. It's, it's a treasure for sure. What's the most overrated food in the States and or Ireland uh, that was made, you know, to popular belief, uh, amazing to you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, man, you put me on the spot there because this, this is quite a bit of stuff. Um, <laughs> I, we're, we're not as know, good as we think we are, huh? Yeah, well, you know, I think, um, I, to be honest, I, I would say... I would say the burger. I would say a burger is one of the most, you know, overrated things that, you know, uh, we have here. I, I think when you're in Ghana, we, or when, when, you, when you're not from this place, you always hear of all these, you know, burger joints. Um, and funny story, you know, I tell people, I think I've had one McDonald's burger ever. Um, and when I was in Ireland, actually, I was... I was traveling through Ireland with a classmate of mine. Um, I went to stay with him before we started our on-site visits. And on our way back from Satanta to his, to his house, we made a stop at, at uh, McDonald's. And, so um, you had McDonald's in Ireland? That's I had, how the story ends? Jake, and I'll, I'll tell you what. It was the best burger, the best burger I've ever had. It was incredible. Um, and, and I, I told him, I said, I can't even believe that your burger is better than the one that we have back here. Um, it was, it was just fresh and it was, it just had a lot of flavors behind it and, and very juicy. And I, I was, I was thoroughly impressed, thoroughly impressed. What's, uh, on, on that note, uh, because that's great. I, I love that. Um, what's the, what's the one thing that athletes now are, are, whether it's a food, uh, a protein supplement, something that, uh, like, what's the new hip thing? Is it that they're using, um, you know, ultimately to, to continue to, to grow strength and um, change things up? Oh, um, I'm, I'm not at liberty to be able to give an answer on that because I'm not a dietitian. I, I like to stay in my own lane. Um, <laughs> We, we, we have great dietitians with the rest that, that do a terrific job in, in, in providing our guys, you know, with, uh, with great information and, and, and guidance on how to go about, you know, preparing their body from, from a nutritional side of things. So I'm, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to take the easy way out and say, you know, I'm, I'm not at liberty to give any uh recommendations of that because of the great dietitians we have at the reds hey that's that's someone knowing knowing that they're surrounded by good people and and uh across the organization so uh, yes sir joel really appreciate the time on the podcast today uh enjoyed the storytelling aspect of things really enjoyed hearing you know how you're adapting in these times and uh obviously all the best of luck uh moving forward and and hopefully whenever next season gets going and uh, what comes of it.
Thanks, Jake. I, and I can't thank you enough for uh, for allowing me to come on here and, and tell my story. And uh, I think I'll, I'll be a fool not to also just quickly give a shout out to Ronnie Burton, you know, for uh, for connecting us and all the great things he's done in, in, you know, both our lives. So thanks, Ronnie. And thank you, Jake, for allowing me to use your platform to get my word out. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, as you and as you and Ronnie are, are both members of Kowloo and having gone to Redlands, uh, I will just say go Skyak is, is where we'll leave it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Best conference, best conference in the world. That's right. That's right. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it.